And welcome to another edition of Speaking for Him with your host, the great, the mighty, the awesome, the lookout. He's going to run you over, Andrew Gamison. All right. Well, that was quite the introduction. And as you can tell, hopefully, my voice is back, which I'm grateful it, it for. It is back. I, I've been listening through um, the last batch of shows um, before this recording session, and my voice was really uh, given a run for its money on those last group of shows, but I am back to full strength and excited about that. Glad to be here. Um, right about now, we are into February. It's kind of the point in our winter um, situation where we're like, when is spring going to come? I'm kind of stir crazy to get out and, and do some walking in the park again, like I did last summer. Um, but that'll be a while yet. So how do we shake off the winter blahs? Well, none, uh, I have a great idea for you. And that is to visit my, one of my favorite spots, Master Arts Theater for their winter comedy. Um, this year they're doing, um, imaginary invalid and i'm very uh interested in this show particularly because a lot of the shows that they do i have at least some idea um without reading up on them what they're about but this one really threw me it's kind of a different show than they've done it's an older show and um so it'll be really interesting to see that put together and so for today's show, I have an interview um, that I'm going to share with you that I did pre-recorded with my friend Dale Bales, who is directing um, the show. So let's roll that interview, and then uh, Chad and I will be back with final thoughts. Hello and welcome um, to another great interview here on the Speaking for Him podcast. Today I have the privilege of interviewing... Um, Dale Bales, he's the director for the upcoming production of The Imaginary Invalid. Um, as of the posting of this podcast, it'll be about a week uh, before the show opens. Um, so I'm very excited uh, to talk to him about uh, the show. Uh, welcome, Dale. Thank you for having me. Um, well, uh, first, just give us a little bit of a rundown on... Imaginary Invalid, what are some of the highlights? Well, The Imaginary Invalid was uh, written by Moliere back in the late 1600s. Um, it was a look at, um, a satirical look at people worrying about all the ills that are running around. Um, the Imaginary Invalid, the main character, Argon, is convinced by his doctors that he is uh, very, very ill, needs a lot of treatments, a lot of medicines, and he's sitting around adding up all of his bills, trying to figure out how to uh, pay less, basically. He, he wants to have his Affordable Care Act, but um, it ends up that the only thing he can really come up with is that he should marry his daughter, Angelica, off to a young doctor, so he arranges the wedding. And in the meantime, uh, Angelica has fallen in love with uh, another character, Cleon, and uh, like I always say, uh, hilarity ensues afterwards as uh, those two uh, have a, a, a collision of worlds and differing opinions. Okay, um, that sounds like a, a very 
um, interesting premise, and um, I think February tends to be a good time for uh, comedy shows because we're all kind of sick of winter, um, oh, so yeah. so we need something to laugh about. So I definitely appreciate that. Um, is this the first time you've directed a show? This is my first main stage show. I have uh, directed um, sketches and, and worked with other directors doing things not necessarily as an assistant director, but uh, helping out when asked. And uh, uh, so this sort of fell into my lap, and I was uh, pretty excited about it. Um, this is the only show. Was there something for- particular that drew you to this show? What makes you excited to direct it? Um, actually, I wasn't too sure about what I uh, what thought about the show at first, but I ended up going to see a Moliere play at Stratford Festival, and they had taken that and put it in modern day. Um, so seeing how something from the 1600s could be portrayed in modern day uh, really sparked my interest. I remember sitting and watching it after I got done, I said, I have to direct it now. Um, and just reading it every time that uh, I read through or the actors go through, there's something else that catches someone's eye, um, some, another point of laughter or contemplation, then breaking into laughter as we uh, work through it. Uh, it just, it's been something that uh, I've been really blessed about. So are you doing it in modern day? Is that the, is that the plan? We are not going to do it in modern day, but not too far off. We're going to do it in 1960s Paris. Okay. Uh, we, we're, we're obviously not going to try to do all of the accents, but the, um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, Monsieur and Madames and, and stuff like that, and we figured it would be better just to adapt it uh, to a more modern time so that, um, you know, it would be more relevant, even though we keep, we're keeping... 99% of the, the language how it was written. Yeah, it, so so- it, it, works, it, it works very well. It was a good translation that we got. It, it sounds like um, it's, it's very adaptable since you did see it performed in modern day, so it'll be very interesting to see um, the portrayal. And I think um, f- from what I've, you know, from what I've gathered in my time in theater, you know, every director, every person that puts together a show has their own take on things, so um, I'm really interested to see the the Master Arts um, take on Imaginary Invalid. Um, what would you say, because I've, I've heard this concern voiced, what would you say to someone that says um, there's not much substance to the Imaginary Invalid? Could you um, talk about that a little bit and what you think you find there as far as lessons? Um, yeah, actually, um, part of my, the hardest decision I ever had to come up with concerning this play is what time period to put it in. And the thing is, I couldn't find a time period that it did not relate to. Um, I could look through and you've heard of, uh, snake oil salesmen going around and selling their miracle cure. Um, when the Industrial Revolution was going on, there were all sorts of different machines that people had that would, you know, make you taller, make you skinnier, make you, you know, have more endurance. And there's just always been people trying to tell you how to get better that maybe don't really know how to get better themselves. They're more worried about language. 
Yeah, that's a very interesting uh, thought process because no matter, because another another perspective to take on it is no matter how hard we try to find the fountain of youth, um, we can't. We have to just live the best life we can while we have it, and none of us knows um, what we're promised. But um, we know that that if we uh, focus on what God has gifted us in and what the blessings he has uh, bestowed upon us, we can have um, a fulfilled life. And so that is a very interesting thought process. So can you talk a little bit about the casting of the show and the cast that you chose? Uh, this cast is phenomenal. I keep telling everyone that, and they're like always shaking their heads and saying, yeah, but um, the cast I think it's been a while since John Miedema actually has been on stage, so it's kind of nice um, to find out that he's in, whether he... I'm not sure if he tried out or got wrangled into it, but I'm looking forward to it because I know he has a lot of comedic skill. I will wrap this up quickly then. Um, can you tell us the run of the show? And then, after you do that, um, and tell us how to get tickets, then just close us out by letting us know this is the in a 30 to 45 second um, thought process, why should we come to this show? All right. Uh, the show opens on February 15th. So be good uh, next day after Valentine's Day present uh, to, to go out to see the show. Runs through March 3rd, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday at 7.30 at night. On the Saturdays, we also offer a 2 p.m. matinee. So for three weeks, we'll be putting the show on. Um, you can get tickets by going to www.masterarts.org. Uh, they have the tickets uh, available right online. 
is the one to call. Call 616-455-1001 and someone uh, will answer and take down the information and get you some good seats. Um, why come and see a show? We all can relate to a lot of the things that are being said in the show, the cost of medicine, uh, the things that you need do selfishly, that you think uh, will benefit others, but you find out in the end that maybe they don't benefit each other. That the real, true meaning of family is being there for each other. And that uh, family sometimes has to step up and, and take a difficult stand against you. And, uh, and sometimes the ways that you think are right aren't always right. But in spite of all of those deep, heavy thoughts, and in the middle of comedy, you need to come out because if there is something that ails you, ails you, you can always remember that laughter is the best medicine. All right, and I guess I will throw in one more question. You said this is your first um, main stage production, directing. Um, how does it feel compare, compared to acting? And um, have you found something that you want to continue to do? Or is this kind of just a once-in-a-while thing and you want to get back on stage? Well, I definitely will want to get back on stage. Um, actually, the directing helps, uh, helps light a little bit more of a spark within me. But I find that I'm really enjoying the directing to be able to delve into characters. Um, people think that comedy doesn't have much background, it's just a lot of laughs. But um, we are trying to develop characters that make people realize that that could be them on stage, or they recognize something that's going on in their life, or something they've done in the past. Um, so the it's really fun to be able to just pull someone aside and, and, and suggest something and have them give it a try. It's nice to know that uh, the actors trust me, that I can tell them to do something that might be outside their comfort zone. It may or it may not work, but that we work together. Um, and working together as collaborating on this has been the best part of the show. And I and I think that's the that's something that I really enjoy about theater too is just working with a group to make something happen. There's nothing like it. So um, thank you for your time, uh, Dale, and uh, we look forward to seeing Imaginary Invalid at Master Arts Theater um, coming up next week. Um, uh, we hope everybody that y'all get your tickets. Uh, Master Arts is an intimate venue. I believe a sellout is about a hundred and eight. If I'm not mistaken, um, it goes up and down based on the setup of the black box, and so you want to get your tickets quickly. So just make sure that you avail yourself of the information that Dale mentioned earlier. All right, well there you have our interview with Dale Bales, the director of Imaginary Invalid, and I do hope that um, you will be able to come out to Master Arts Theater and check out uh, that play. <clears throat> and there's actually a lot of exciting things happening with Master Arts. Um, and uh, I don't want to um, just talk about a, a lot of stuff that I don't know a lot about. So I will just say keep an eye on masterarts.org um, because there's a lot of exciting things happening. And as some of those things uh, begin to come to fruition, hopefully we'll have the executive director, Mr. Timothy Van Bruggen, back in the studio um, or at least on a phone interview to talk about how some of those things develop. 
Um, but um, again, I'm very excited to have been able to share this with you, and I hope that you will be able to shake off some of that cabin fever by coming out to Master Arts to enjoy this play. This play, again, runs through March 3rd. I believe that's the day that we are going, uh, my family, March 3rd in the matinee. And so if you are there that day, uh, I would love to say hello. Um, as you're listening to this, Chad, did you have any thoughts about does this does this play or uh, this story intrigue you from what you heard? Yes, it is very intriguing, but um, community theater in general is very intriguing to me. I've always wanted to get involved in it, but I just never have the time to because I know it's a pretty big time commitment. Well, once you um, cut down to like one job instead of four jobs and you ha- don't have school anymore, um, maybe you can come or up kids. with Master Arts. Or, well, your kids <laughs> could try out too. You know, That's what's good about community theater. Parents and kids work together often. So You put my son up on a stage and anything will become a comedy. Well, uh, you know, there's plenty <laughs> of comedic parts for kids like him, I assure you. But anyway, um, that is the show for today. I hope that you've enjoyed this interview, and I hope that you have a great weekend, and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show, and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim, and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.